Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams, and thanks again for joining us on the Broadcaster Podcast. In yesterday's message, we focused on becoming one in your marriage, practical application and biblical principles. Uh, we're going to continue today and the rest of this week with some key areas that either move us in the direction of unity or they can divide us, depending on how we approach and handle them. If you're listening on the podcast or viewing videos, just remember you can listen each day in the central Kentucky area, WJMM 99.1 FM at 11 a.m. each weekday, Monday through Friday on Central Kentucky Christian Radio. Uh, again, you can go to the, their uh, website, wjmm.com, and uh, go to the podcast tab near the upper right, then click on the Love and Lordship links. You get today and the previous two days' messages. And as always, go to our website, loveandlordship.com, and you'll find numerous videos, articles, and podcasts. Thank you again for listening. And uh, if you want to contact me, please email me at loveandlordship. Spell it all out, loveandlordship at, at uh, gmail.com. Would love to engage with you on that and uh, whatever it may be and hear your comments. Today's big issue of unity or divisiveness in marriage is colored green. What might I be talking about? Well, money in marriage and in God's kingdom. So here's the, the real title. Where's your treasure and where's your heart? In his day, John D. Rockefeller was one of the richest men in the world. For all practical purposes, his money was virtually limitless. Once an interview, interviewer asked him, how much money is enough? Rockefeller replied, just a little bit more. As outrageous as it sounds, haven't we all been there? Whatever our income level, we, we tend to think of ourselves only I had a little bit more, just a little bit more, then at last our budget would have some breathing room and we will be satisfied with our finances. The problem lies in Rockefeller's response and that reflects all of us apart from Christ. We always want a little bit more. And instead of realizing that the problem with money is not so much how much we make or have, but how much we choose to keep, how we handle it, financial and marital health, have a lot more to do with our ability to discipline and control our desires and wants than it does with how much we have. Money issues, like most others, are ultimately a spiritual issue. Do you know that Jesus spoke more about money, wealth, and treasure than any other topic in Scripture? Why did it matter so much to Jesus? Well, because as Christ's followers, our attitude towards money ultimately reflects our attitude toward God, towards God. Show me your calendar and your checkbook, and I can show you where your priorities are, regardless of what you say. And I can likely show you the temperature of your marriage. Everything we have comes from God. He owns it, and He entrusts it to us to use for His purposes. We're managers. We're stewards. True financial success comes not from accumulating a large surplus in our bank account, but from following God's plan for our finances. As we do this, He will provide for all our needs. Ever had money problems or tension in your marriage and family? Priorities, contentment, and discipline management are the keys. With those three things, priorities, contentment, disciplined management, 
consider these three simple biblical steps for successful management, money management. And not only some world, building some worldly wealth, but wealth, but even more importantly, kingdom wealth. Number one, this is in everything. You've heard this in the authority of love. It's the whole premise of it. God has to be first. As we've shared again and again in the authority of love, Christ is to be first in every part of our lives. This includes money and finances. Our first consideration in faith should be God and His work, His kingdom. This not only places us where God would have us, but it also takes the pressure off of us by trusting in Him and planning and acting accordingly. The issue of managing all our gifts, including our finances, is of great importance to God. So where do we start? Three quick points within this first one. Number one, determine together as a couple what you want to give based upon what God has provided for you. Figure that out. Be willing to do it. Take it, then number two, take it off the top. Make it a matter of faith. We've got this much. It looks like this many bills, but we're not going to shortcut God. We're in faith going to give back to Him first because it all belongs to Him anyway. The, the, the principle of first fruits places God in the priority position and helps you to become less self-focused. And then number three, give it cheerfully. Really, I, I, that's what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 9, known as the giving chapter. Paul talks about this. Do not give, be, give begrudgingly, for God loves a cheerful giver. Can you imagine what God does for those he loves? Don't we already know some of that? You'll be amazed at how this works and begins to change your attitude, your money situation, and your marriage. Now, let me say this. The tithe, 10%, literally it's what that means, is a great principle, but it is no longer the law. The law has been fulfilled. It's been taken care of as it was tied to the law, the temple, the priesthood, and the Levites. And when you added it all up, it actually was more like 23%. Try Paul's plan under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 9 alluded to it earlier, verses 6 through 12. And see if you are eventually led to tithing and more and with growing exuberance or cheer. Now, you may be thinking, Greg, you're not helping. I'm not listening to this show anymore. We're already in trouble. The bottom line is as long as you are the center of your own universe and you make decisions accordingly, you will have marriage and financial problems. Only when you begin to walk by faith, let go of stuff, and think differently about life, marriage, and money will you get to where you actually are content in your finances and your marriage, wherever that may be. Test this with those that you know who are content in their marriage and finances and ask them what their giving looks like, look like, looks like, excuse me. The next step, number two, is make saving your second priority. Yeah, I know you got bills to pay, so do I. But the problem with that is when we make uh, uh, spending next, it, it allows us to keep putting that first and we make those decisions so we start, we don't save and we probably dig into our giving. You see, saving as a priority reinforces the good priorities in your life and helps you move you away from stuff for me or us mentality and the instant gratification attitude and begins to establish the discipline of setting aside money for larger purchases such as maybe a home, children, college, vacations, retirement, 
more giving even. This allows you to avoid debt with the give me now mindset and have some funds available to make much needed purchases instead of borrowing to do so. Simple saving each paycheck adds up and your money starts working for you rather than you working against your funds. I'm always running short. Begin early or now to prioritize saving over spending. This will not only put you in a better position financially, it will help you make better decisions about how you spend your money and contentment will be the product, the result in your life. This requires a balanced perspective. The Bible speaks of saving, Proverbs 6, 6 through 8, related to ants. Go read it. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. We must keep the biblical priorities of God's kingdom first in all that we do. Giving helps us get on the right footing and then saving and spending for his glory because that's where our heart is. Number three, now spend based on the wise decisions and a heart set on his kingdom. If you don't manage expenses, what you need or think you need, you will never have great peace and contentment in your finances nor your marriage. You do this by following these priorities and then adjusting your spending. If you got to do with less, so be it. God's faithful. He will provide enough for what you need. Change your mindset to keep the priorities rooted in faith in His kingdom. Trust Him. I promise you, I promise you, we've lived it. You will be blessed if you put this into practice. I can do that because it follows God's principles on where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. Matthew 6, 21, and He will see you through. Finally, two more crucial points here. Always discuss and plan finances as a couple. Oneness. I've told many couples when the husband usually hides the finances or what they're doing from the wife, the investments or whatever, there's, it's not necessarily a sin, but you're giving the enemy ammunition and territory to destroy your oneness. You're one. You need to do this together. This includes skills, attitudes, your upbringing, and the tendencies that spring from all of these. Very simply put, I came from a scarcity background and was driven to save. My wife came from a bountiful lifestyle and spending came easy. However, it was not as simple as why don't you just save more? Well, why don't you just spend more? There's so much more to it. And when we applied these biblical principles, two things happen. As the, and the Lord continues to provide and bless us with enough. I had to learn how to let go a bit more when I wanted to save, and she had to learn how to hold on in following these principles when she wanted to spend. This has brought peace, contentment, and more and more oneness that we knew God had in store for us as we followed His will and plan. So above all, listen to what God may be saying to you in your finances. As we said at the beginning, they will either drive you further apart or draw you closer together depending on where your heart is and therefore where your treasure or money is. If you are willing, follow this simple plan and begin to intelligently and prayerfully give away the first fruits of your income. Your financial situation will begin to improve. More importantly, your marriage will be strengthened and most importantly, you will be storing up treasures in heaven, kingdom-first treasures, which is what really counts. Our food for thought today is, I want you to do me a favor. Contact us, loveandlordship at gmail.com, loveandlordship at gmail.com. 
after you apply these principles over time and let us know how it's going. But be sure to be honest with your plan and your application, with your money, and most importantly, with each other. I've never met a former cheerful giver. And I would love to hear your story as you seek to control your finances and serve God in this way. Action items, if, if that wasn't one, choose to spend time with God in His Word and prayer and listening every day. Number two, as you do so, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you His plan and principles for finances and treasure and to build your faith. Number three, if you have a budget, are you using it as a wise guide for both of you, not a ball and chain? Use it as a wise guide to grow and learn in. And number four, if you don't have a budget, apply these biblical principles and start putting one together today. Then apply the budget practically. We're going to continue tomorrow as we talk about another powerful issue that either divides or unites communication. Join us and again invite family, friends, loved ones, and enemies to hear the message. Uh, we always want to share that you can get our book, Authority of Love, second edition on Amazon, S-E-C-O-N-D. Spell it out and you'll find it. Again, go to our website, Opportunities to Give. Let us know what you're thinking. We'd love to partner with you as the Lord leads. Do it His way, though. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day and God bless in Christ. Stay tuned for Bill Reeser and Encounter. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.